uh, over 60 years of ministry experience uh, from a whole variety of different angles, and it's a joy to have him here today. So you can come forward now and bring us the word. I want you to know it's a privilege to be here. It really is. It's so good. Uh, we have been praying. We pray every day for you, okay? Every day my wife and I pray for them and for you. And uh, this is so exciting to be here. We're glad for you and what God's doing. This is sharp. I really appreciate it. Now, uh, the Word of God is what we look at. So I want you to look at a verse. Go to the next one. I want you to read this verse. Reference. We always do the verse and a reference. Okay, with me. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished for every good work. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Now, I use that verse because that's what we're here for. I mean, why else would we go to church? I think on Sunday morning, on Monday morning, the best thing you do is to somebody you see at work is, what did you learn at church yesterday? What did you hear from the Word of God? And you could say, well, uh, and it'd be interesting. I'd like you to try it. I don't know where you work or what you do, but just say to someone, hey, what did you learn at church yesterday? Or what did you hear at church? What did you learn from the Word of God? I remember one of our, uh, we had a young fellow come to know Christ as Savior, and uh, he would go to, uh, on Monday morning, one of the, uh, one of his men would come in to work, and he'd say, well, Joey, we went to church yesterday. We had 50 people at the altar. And uh, we were meeting in a mortuary, and we didn't have, we only had 100 people there, but we had nobody at the altar. And I said, well, good. I said, are you in the Word? And so I encouraged him. One Sunday, he didn't show up at church. I felt terrible. And so Monday morning, I went in to see him. I said, hey, Joey, how'd it go yesterday? He said, I know why they have 50 people at the altar every Sunday. Those people believe you can lose your salvation every week. He says, so they went forward and got saved. They went forward and got saved. And they have the same 50 people every week. Ah, you learn something, don't you, from the Word. And you and I know better than that. But all Scripture is profitable. And that's what we want to look at today. Now, uh, I don't know how it is with you, but when I go to the dentist, it's not my favorite thing. I, I just, uh, I've never been wild. I go to a dentist because I have to. We happen to go to a very fine Christian dentist down in Mexico. And his wife is a dentist, and she takes care of my wife, and he takes care of me, and he has a little office there. And we, we have a good time together, but he is a dentist. And so he takes that thing in his hand that has a wire that long and sticks it in my mouth. You know, it's only that big, you know. But uh, it, it's interesting. The purpose of doing that is to find out if there's something wrong. He's not doing it to see if something's good. He's, doing, he's do, checking to see if something is wrong. And I think that's all right, because then I pay him. I pay him for telling him what's wrong. I pay him for telling him what's right. Now, the Word of God does the same thing for us. For instance, on the positive side, are we getting that slide? What does it go for? Here, let me see. Well, we'll see. Okay. 
Is it on? Something happened. There we go. It's up and down. It's what? Pointed at the wall. So the receiver's back that way. Oh, okay. Put it over your head. And you know, this is up. This is forward. This is back. <laughs> okay. Now, let's talk about the Word of God does and telling to us positively, okay? The Word of God says we are to walk in newness of life after the Spirit, <coughs> by faith, <coughs> pardon me, we're to walk in honesty and good works and love and wisdom and truth, and we're to walk after the commandments of the Lord. On the negative side, he tells us what not to do. He says, do not walk after the flesh, not after the manner of men, not in craftiness, not in sight, not in the vanity of the mind, not in disorderly conduct. So there's the positive and the negative. But what I want to do is I want to take one book today. And, uh, I mean, I, I, I was going to ask you, what's your favorite book? I hate asking that question. Because some people say, I don't like that book. I, I heard a guy last week, he said, you know, what do you think he was at talking to his people? He said, How, what do you think is my favorite book in the Bible? And they said, well, we think your favorite book is such and such. He said, what do you think is my least favorite book of the Bible? And he named it. Uh, thank you. I'll take that. Can you? That's good. Thank you. And he named his least favorite book of the Bible. Now, I want you to know I don't have a least favorite book. Uh, you know, whatever book I'm studying, that's my favorite book. If I happen to do a study in the Gospel of John or the book of Genesis or whatever, that's my favorite book. It's all favorite, isn't it? It's all the Word of God. Now, I'd like you to turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Because in Ephesians chapter 2 and 3 and 4 and 5, he has things about walk. It really fascinates me how the Apostle Paul follows this theme through and mentions so many things about one aspect of the Christian life, walking. For example, and you he made alive, I'm in uh, Ephesians chapter 2, who were dead. Now, keep in mind, God begins with dead people, okay? That's where we were. Every unsaved person is dead, okay? So we were dead in trespasses and sin, uh, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as others. Now, our walk before conversion was this way. Our walk before conversion, he, he mentions several things here. But he says in verse 2, you walked according to the course of this world. You know, a pastor prayed today about the situation in our country. And, uh, you know, I, I pick up the newspaper and it's all garbage. I happened to pick up USA Today yesterday, and I never see USA Today unless I'm staying in a motel, because I refuse to buy the thing. And uh, on, the, on this one sports page, there were two articles. The one up here was a great big article about the sin of a football player. And down here was a little wee article about something good that happened in football. And that's our world. 
And no matter what, what section of the paper you look at, you look at news or society or sports or econ economics, it's all bad. But before we were saved, that's where we walked. I, I remember one, uh, one time one of our men was watching the funeral of a famous person. And that famous person had, was openly unsaved and made no, no comment about being saved at all. And this young man who was watching the funeral was a guy I led to the Lord just a few months before. And he said, Pastor, I was watching that funeral, and I thought, I like that guy. But he said, you know what? He's dead, and he's probably in hell, and I'm alive, and I'm going to heaven. Well, we, before we were saved, we walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Who's that? It's Satan. Yeah, right? Walking according to the prince of the power of the air. I look at this and I say, that's our world today. All that's going on in the news today is according to the devil's plan. And he says, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, that's the devil. So young people will say, I want to do what I want to do. Or people today, you see them demonstrating big signs and they have big signs and marches. They say, I want to do what I want to do. I want my way. My body's my body or whatever they want to say. What are they doing? They're walking according to the sons of, they're walking in the sons of disobedience according to the one who is the prince in the power of the air. Look at verse 3. Among whom also, here we go now, we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh before conversion, okay? Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we're by nature children of wrath, even as others. Now, you have to look at before, before Christ, B.C., okay? That's the key. We've got to look back. That's where we were. We were dead. It's past. It's over. Now I'm a child of God. Where do I go? We'll go down to verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. Now, we just took communion a little while ago. Made it clear, this is how we're saved. And yet there are some people who believe that's how we're saved. There are some people who believe they're saved by joining a church. They say they, they believe they're being saved or making points with God by good things. I had a friend of mine go to a service of a religious organization. I won't name it, just let it go. And uh, the people got up and told the good things they had done that week. Different ones got up in the, in the auditorium and said, this week I, and they'd tell about, you know, helping a lady across the street or whatever they did. And they were all telling about how they were maintaining their righteousness with God. Now, before we were converted, that's the way we were. It was all works. But, and he goes in verse 8, we're saved by the grace of God. It came a time in my life when I accepted Christ as my Savior. You know, sitting here watching your pastor, I look back. I want to tell you something. I sat where he sits. I stood where he stands. I remember when I was ordained, my dad was able to be at my ordination. 
he was able to be at the ordination council but couldn't come for the service. In this case, I couldn't come for the council, but I come for the service. And, uh, you know, it's, it's how God leads in our lives. Uh, and yet, God gave my wife and I three sons. And uh, I remember telling one of them one time, you know, I said, God didn't call you guys into the ministry. I said, there's a reason why he didn't call you into the ministry. It's the business of God, right? But I said, one of the reasons why God called you into the ministry is so you can make good money because support your pastor, your sons who are going to be pastors because they never make big money. And they laughed, and, you know, and you know, that's good. I prayed to the Lord for my sons, love the Lord. And they watch their kids. We have two grandsons pastoring, one here, one out in Kansas. And uh, two different sons involved there. And uh, yet, what has God done? Save them. Save not by works, but by the grace of God. Now, go to verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Okay, before conversion, we were in sin. After conversion, we are to walk in good works. We are to good, do good things. You know, one thing I love about the family of God, there's always something to do, and there's something for everybody. God has gifted every one of us. Every person in this room has a gift. Every person in this room has a part. I don't know what it is. I, I think it's great to find out what, what God wants you to do. And uh, whether it's big or small, get involved for the Lord. But he says, we are to walk... We were created for the purpose of good works, and we are to walk in them. Now, good works can apply, I believe, first of all, applies at home. My first responsibility of good works is my wife. My second responsibility of good works was my children. Then beyond that was my ministry. Now, a big part of my ministry, the ministry we have is praying for our grandchildren and praying that God would bless them and encourage them and keep them going. We know, the, we know the struggles and the challenges and the excitement. And every day, I pray that your pastor will have the privilege of leading someone to Christ and discipling them and bring them along to spiritual maturity. I'll tell you why. That's the excitement of the ministry. And you ought to be praying for that too, but you ought to be praying also that you'll be able to do that. Maybe you'll bring some of the church. We had a, a softball league in our church. And uh, one of our men said, you know, you ought to get Milan to come and play softball. So I, I, okay. I didn't, but one of our men went to him and said, Milan, you ought to come to church and play softball with us. But he said, you're going to have to come to church to play softball. So he said, well, that's not bad. I can do that. So he started coming to church every Sunday because he wanted to play softball. Unsaved, hadn't been in church forever, I don't know, forever. One Monday, I was in my study at the church, and he came to see me. And things had gone on in his life, and he was a sinner, and he knew it. And I explained to him the plan of salvation. And uh, I said, well, Milo, would you like to accept Christ as your Savior today? He said, I really would. We got on our knees by my desk in my study, and he poured out his heart. He said, God, you know I'm a sinner, and you know that I know that Christ died for me, and today I want to accept him as my Savior. Then I said to him, I said, Mylon, there's three things you need to do. 
I said, every day there are these three things you need to do, just like this tripod, that tripod, that tripod. There are three things. First of all, you need to read the Word of God every day. And I tell, I tell everybody that. You should read the Word of God every day. Have a Bible reading plan of some kind. If you don't have one, get one from the pastor. But I saw some Bible reading plans on the table. Secondly, every day spend time in prayer. I recommend a prayer list. I have a prayer list. I have a list I don't have to write down. In fact, we pray. We have a prayer time every night. And one of those things is praying for you. And um, I said to Mylon, every day you spend time praying Pray for your mother and dad and pray for, you know, whatever. And there's a third thing you should do every day. And every day you should tell somebody else about Jesus Christ or tell someone about the word, something you've got from the Bible. I said, what you hear on Sunday? Tell about it. But every day you do those three things and they'll, you'll grow. He said, well, how do I read my Bible? I said, well, take the book of Mark. Read the book of Mark. And then when you're done, read the whole New Testament. He didn't know what the New Testament was. I mean, he was a blank sheet of paper. And I, I took his, I actually had to get him a Bible. I loaned him a Bible, and I said, start right here. Then, then when you're done that, go back and read all this. And so I went through the Bible reading schedule, and then he said, okay, pastor, I read through the Bible. I said, okay, now I want you to read through a study Bible. I want you to read all the notes. And the big thing in those days was the Schofield Study Bible. So I gave him a copy of the Schofield Study Bible. And uh, he read through the whole thing. He read all the notes and everything. Now, time goes on. I left that church. He was still there. He was a farmer. He owned property. He was now a deacon in the church. He was just going ahead. Years went by, and a man that I had discipled when I was pastoring in Chicago went there as pastor. And one day he said to me, he said, you know, pastor, the spiritual giant that I can count on in this church is Milan. Same man. I can take no credit. It all goes right here. But that's what I pray for for your pastor, that you'll have the privilege of seeing people just like Milan, and we could go on and tell you some others as well. Some guys, the guys that I pray for every day, like Clark, who's pastoring, he's my age, He's still pastoring in Texas. Uh, he retired from the pastorate, and he needed a little, a little interim pastor in, in the area, and so he took that. And he was one of those. He knew nothing. When I'd go to see him every week, he'd have a list of questions, or his wife, wife would. And we'd go through the simple, simple things. Why is there an old and new? What's the book of Psalms? And what about this book called Job? Those are the kind of questions. I mean, we've heard people make light of those questions, but I heard them in reality. That's what we pray for for you. Why? Because he says here, walk in newness of life. Okay, go to chapter 4. Chapter 4. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you. Now that's, he's begging. Okay? He's not just saying do it. He said, I'm really after you. I really want you to do this. I beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Folks, listen. We, as God's people, are to walk worthy. We're to walk worthy of the calling of God. 
our, our obedience should be clear. What we do should be an evidence of our life. And others should know that we are, we are, we are Christians because we walk worthy of him. Before we left on this trip, a man came to see me. And he said, I'm really worried about this trip you're taking. Uh, because it was a lot of driving in one weekend. We left Kansas City on Thursday. We're here today, tonight. We head north, go to Chicago for Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, head back for Kansas City. And he said, you know, I heard you talk about that and asked for prayer. But he said, I thought maybe I could take the plane up and drive for you. I said, no, that's not necessary. So then he pulled two $50 bills out of his pocket. And he said, here then get something to eat. So I thought, okay, now I'm accountable for two $50 bills, right? And so we used one last night. The Lord provided. I didn't do that. But that man, he did something good. And now I'm responsible to walk worthy of the gift that he gave me, and I'm going to do for somebody else. That's how. And so we're to walk worthy. We're to let others know by what we are, by the way we walk. Okay, go to chapter uh, 4 and verse uh, 17. This I say, therefore, and testify the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. Now get this. Who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness and greediness. Folks, there's a whole lot of bad things going on out there. And just because they do wrong, that doesn't mean we should. And so he said, don't walk as the rest of the Gentiles or walk as the other unsaved people do. I remember when I was a kid, I wanted to do something one time. And uh, I said to my mother, I want to do it. She said, you're not going to do it. You're just not going to do it. And um, I learned through several painful experiences that it would be wise if I obeyed. But I said, everybody else is doing it. And I'll never forget her words. Yes, but you're not. And we're not. Don't care what they're doing out there. I've never forgotten that lesson. And folks, there's all kinds of, we, we, we go by churches, we go by buildings, we go by entertainment. You see it on television, all this stuff. You see what the, the rest of the world is doing. Just because they're doing something wrong and have many people, that doesn't mean it's right. I remember someone saying, oh, look at the way that church is growing. They've got 10,000 people. I said, look at, the, look at Jehovah's Witnesses. They've got 140,000. I said, uh, having people doesn't prove success. Godliness proves success, okay? That's what counts. Sure, we want numbers. Sure, we want to grow. Why? Because we want more people to hear the word. We want more people to come to know Christ as Savior. We want to be effective in our outreach for Christ. All of that. But we're not to walk as the rest of the world, no longer walking as the rest of the Gentiles in the futility of their mind. What is that? Um, Go to the next slide, Joy. Yeah, okay. I was at Calvary Bible College for 10 years, and we had a gentleman that graduated from the school who uh, wanted to go in ministry. 
And uh, God didn't open the door he thought he was going to open for him. Instead, he had an idea one day, and he said, you know, I wonder if people have questions about the Bible and theology they don't know how to get an answer for. So he decided, just on his own, to have, start a website, and the website was called, was, here was the, it was called gotquestions.org, gotquestions.org. Today, he has over 10,000 people every month. It's unbelievable the number of people that write him. He's now in 126 languages. Uh, it's crazy the stuff that God has blessed him with. He's using technology, okay? And I know the wicked, there's wicked technology. I know, I see it. In fact, my one granddaughter said to me last night, I think you need to change your password again, Grandpa. Somebody's hacked your, your, your Facebook site. I don't, I don't even know how to do it. These young people do. You know, t 20 years ago, now get this now, do you know where we are today t technically, technically? And 20 years ago, we were visiting a 92-year-old man. And he said, I want you to come to my apartment. I want you to see something. So he lived in a senior complex, went down the hall, down the hall, and went to his apartment, and he walked over, and here was a little laptop computer, uh, a laptop of 20 years ago. <laughs> and he turned it on. He said, look at this, Pastor. I can study the Bible on the computer, and I can do all kinds of things on the computer. 20 years ago, a 92-year-old man, okay? I mean, he'd, he'd be 100, 112 today. Yeah, uh-huh. Now, sometimes we give up because of the technology. When, t when radios came on the scene, there were people who were worried about the evil of radio. Then, then television came. I remember the first television set I saw. It was this big. Now we have them in our pocket, but, you know. But this little television set, little black and white, there was only, I think, two stations we could get in Buffalo, New York. And I thought, that's exciting. People said, oh, television's evil. Sure, it's evil. The world, does all, the world will take everything they can to make evil out of it. But what are we supposed to do? We're not to walk as the way the world walks. And so here we are doing what God wants us to do. And so there's use for it. All the, the good uses for technology, and I really thank God for them. We should make use of them, always. Go to chapter 5. Chapter 5. And verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love, as Christ also has loved us, and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Folks, there are people that you're going to know in life that are not going to be very loving. But they need to see the love of Christ in you. They need to see the love of Christ in me. Uh, there are people that I know that I have great disagreement with. But you know, I should radiate Christ to them. In fact, I had uh, breakfast with a gentleman not too long ago whom he and I have a whole lot of great big differences. But he needs to see the love of Christ in me. That's the key. And so the, the God is love, and the life that is like the life of God 
will be a life of love. We show our love? Sure. God gives me the privilege of showing my love to my wife. I made a promise to her 65 years ago, and I haven't broken the promise. And I said, if ever I change my mind, I'll tell you, but I'm not going to change my mind. God's given us good years together. Walk in love. But that goes in all aspects of life. Uh, God's people walk in love. The church people walk in love. And you say, well, he isn't very lovable. That's okay, love him anyway. My wife has a statement. People say, well, I, I just can't forgive him. I just can't get over it. And she'll say, well, just cover it with love. And so uh, something came up one time, and I said, just cover it with love. And they looked at me. Well, okay. We are not, we're to walk in love as Christ loved us. Okay? Go down to verse 8. For you are once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Where do we get light? Well, we flip the switch. It's marvelous. One night, we, uh, I, I've been, I was chaplain down at a mobile home park in Texas, and we had a Thursday night service, and it was in the wintertime, because we were only there in the wintertime, and just about time for the service, the electricity went out all over the place. And those are fun times. So we just passed the word, word of mouth. Everybody come to service tonight, bring a flashlight. And so that night, uh, Joy, <laughs> Joy said to me, she said, what are you going to preach on? I said, well, I, uh, I preached without notes before. I can do it again. And so uh, that night I preached on whatever the Lord laid on my heart to preach that night. But people brought their flashlights. We had a great time together. Walk as children of light the light of the Word of God. Now, the man I told to read Scripture all the time, he was walking in the light. And I could tell you one after another, of everybody I got into the Word of God, they walked in the light. One night I came home from a meeting, and uh, the phone rang. And just as the phone rang, my wife says, Honey, would you answer that? A lot of times when we're home, I'll just have her answer the phone. And so she said, Would you answer that? I said, Sure. And so I answered the phone. And uh, this lady on the other end of the line says, Hi, Pastor. May I talk to your wife? I said, No. She said, No. I said, No. I said, uh, You've been calling all evening long, every 20 minutes. And um, you're not listening to anything my wife says. So there's no sense her talking to you anymore. What am I going to do? I said, Do you have a Bible? She was, a, she, had professed, she was a professing Christian. And so I said, get your Bible. Okay. I said, go to the book of Philippians. So she went to the book of Philippians. I said, now you know where that is? Yep. I said, okay, I want you to hang up the phone and go read through the book of Philippians and call me back. So 20 minutes later, the phone rang, and there she was again. She had read through Philippians. I said, okay, good. I want you to do it again. I said, I want you to read the book of Philippians and I asked some, some questions or something. And she called back in about 45 minutes. And all, for about three hours, I went through a process of her reading the Bible. Do you know what? That lady has changed even to this very day because of being in the Word. The Word of God changed her. I didn't change her. She didn't change her. We spent time, but it was the Word of God that made the difference. 
So we are to walk as children of light, and we are to reflect the character of God in Christian enlightenment as one at home in the light. Here's the light. And I make no apology for telling people, just read the Word. Read the Word. I don't know if you've ever come to a passage you didn't understand. Have you ever done that? Have you found a passage you couldn't understand? I had a teacher at school. He said, now you're going to come to passages in Scripture you're not going to understand. He was an old guy. He was about my age then, my age now. And uh, he had a hearing aid, like mine's in my pocket right now. But uh, the old days when they had a hearing aid, you had a battery pack up here, and they turned it on and off up here. Well, he was a dear, a dear man, and he said, now I want to give you something that will help you with those passages of Scripture you don't understand. And he said, it's a poem. And this poem, I'm going to give you the first stanza. The first stanza is this. You come to a passage you don't understand. You don't catch it. Here's the first stanza. Read on, read on, read on, read on. Read on, read on, read on. Read on, read on, read on, read on, read on, read on, read on. He said, now that's the first stanza. There's 105 stanzas the very same. But that's the answer. Read on. You know, I... I've remembered that. That was 65, 66 years ago I heard that. That dear man's been in glory for a long time, but how thankful I am for that counsel. Light, we want to walk as children of light. You come to the Word, just keep going. The other night I was, uh, yesterday I was reading to Yakar, and uh, one of, when our uh, oldest boy was in second grade, uh, he was doing well in reading, and we asked the teacher, well, how could we help him in reading? She said, just read to him, or let him read to you. And every time he comes to a word he has trouble with, it, give it to him. Make the, fun, the reading fun. So I, got, I shifted into my oldest son's mind last night as Yakar was reading to me, and I thought, uh-huh, Mrs. Karstrom said, when she comes to a word, he comes to a word, he can't say, help him with a word and keep on going. Do you know that's true in the Word of God? Stay in the Word. Enlightenment. We were staying in a motel one time, and uh, there's one thing you always do in a motel, is before you go to bed, you have to know where the bathroom is. And uh, this one night, all of a sudden, there was a bang, thump, ouch. <laughs> and Joy got out of bed, the bathroom was there, and it was around the wall, and she turned too soon because the light wasn't on, and she walked smack into the wall. You know what? When you don't walk by the light of the Word of God, you're going to walk smack dab into some walls that are going to be bad, okay? Now, one more. Oh, no, two more. Uh, wait a minute. I said, I said one more. I was right. Okay, verse 15. Circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Folks, we're going to sing that song in a bit. One, back up one more. There we go. That, no, I, there's number seven. <laughs> okay, we got it now. Our walk is to be circumspect. We're to walk carefully. We're to walk carefully. Now, I believe it's important that your pastor walk carefully. Okay. I believe it's important that his wife walk carefully. But I believe it's important that you walk carefully. 
carefully. With purpose, accurately, not wasting, but by God wisdom, not as fools, but as wise. Why? Because the days are evil. Here's how we are to walk, all right here with one page. The way we walked before we were saved, we're to walk in good works, we're to walk worthy of the Lord, we're to walk in love, we're to, uh, pardon me, I didn't, I missed one, we're no longer to walk as, as children of the, gen, as the Gentiles walk, we're to walk in love, we're to walk as children of light, and we're to walk circumspectly. Let's walk to please him. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of serving Christ. Thank you for this time together. Lord, thank you for this church. And Lord, it's going to be exciting to see what God does in the time in years ahead. We realize there are people in this area that need Christ. We know there are churches in this area, but there are millions of people all across this country who live within the realm of a church building, but they don't know Christ. And so we pray for the people of this city as the beginnings of the outreach is going on for this wonderful fellowship, that your name would be glorified, that many will come, the people will be saved and grow in the Lord. Lord, may each one grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray, amen.